0: Uh, I mean, listen, realistically, I mean, not to break down the team already for for 2024.
1: But but I think it's smart that we do that because this year, despite, you know, I think they're what, six and four in the last 10, five and five last 10, which is a good job for the Mets. Like this season is over. Like I think, and I get people have to do it for content purposes. I understand that, right? But it's okay. Like the smart thing to do is really look forward. Look ahead. So what's gonna happen? Is Diaz gonna is Edwin Diaz gonna come back this year at any point? Just to kind of like test it out a little? Just to see how we would pitch. Almost like Aaron Rodgers starting against the Giants. Like, is Edwin Diaz comes back maybe, you know, midway in September, just to kind of get back in the get back into like a little bit of a, you know, a feel of coming into a game, this, that, the other thing, to see if he can still kind of ramp up a little bit. I think that's interesting. Whether they're going to do with Francisco Alvarez reports, or they're going to sit him a lot towards the end of the season. I think that's interesting. Like I would love to, I would love it's to great. see, I would love, no, I would love to see him play, but I also don't want to see the guy get hurt in meaningless games, which is what the Mets have the entire rest well, of the season. Well, games. well it's, it's,
0: it's, it's funny. Cause you say you want to see Edwin Diaz come back. It'd be interesting to see him come back, see how he does. <laughs> I don't need to see him get hurt in the last two weeks of the season. You know, we we we're meaningless games. Why would we see Edward Diaz back? I know the point is it's different because if he's clear to play and he's good to go, mm-hmm. for him to get back on the mound is important. But if he's not a hundred percent, and if it's something where it's like you have a risk of getting hurt, and he's rushing back quick, I I don't fully trust it. I I don't need that. I it, we it's funny. Evan and I just had this conversation last podcast, and he thought it would be it makes more sense. to if he can if he's a hundred percent clear, go play. Mm-hmm. Do it. But to me, it's not worth it. At this point in time, it's a tryout. Like and call up all the young kids. Call up anybody you possibly can. Call but make room on the 40 man roster. Cut guys that you never need to see here. Like, dude, think about the guys that we had on the season to start the start the season. Like I know they they uh Tommy Hunter's guy, another good Buck is he's used to him, likes him a lot. Mm-hmm. Why was he ever on this roster to begin with? The bullpen doesn't have these flamethrowers. They don't have these, they have a bunch of specialty
1: well, guys. I it's think, not beneficial. Right. I think what, and what you can get on Epler about is never replacing Diaz once the injury happened in the World Baseball Classic. I think that you, that's a fair criticism of Epler. And again, he was up against it there, and that pushes everyone up. They had no bullpen. That's why Tommy Hunter was on the team. Like, he was that go between between start the rotation and like a mid man in the bullpen. Because, well, they, they not for nothing. Had I, I, was, I mean, they, they, had, they could have gone
0: for another free agent, and not for nothing, but Andrew right. Chaffin was around. We were all begging for him, and he kind of has been sucking lately. So, he right. might not have been that good here either. So, you never know. And you're you, right. I mean, the, 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 what's up?
1: Are you, no, I didn't want to cut you off. Are you okay with, do you think the Mets sitting Alvarez is a smart move? Are you okay with that? Or, or do you think that's, like, really an admission of, like, you know, we just don't want the guy to get hurt in, like, meaningless games like we've been talking about?
0: I mean, I think that Alvarez should play every day. And I okay. think that if, with every time, he, obviously, uh, every day is, is you know, meaning, like, every day possible without the, the normal days off of, like, you know, a, a night game and a day game type of thing. I get, though, that you have to give the guy a rest here and there, too. But. You can find places to play him a DH. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no reason why his bash should not be in the lineup. There's no that. reason to see Daniel vocal back anymore in this lineup period mm-hmm. and his story and whatever. He's gonna last the whole season. It's fine. He's not gonna return. Uh Whoever he's friends with, it's fine. But okay, it's got to be done. Like those, you can't. The biggest issue. Like Tim McCarth on the team right now, right? Hit a home uh, right. run. I'm so happy. Hit a home run. But I think good,
1: on Friday night.
0: Good for him. We don't need to see the one dimensional player anymore. Like this has got to be a team where, if Brandon Nimmo is going to be your leadoff hitter, he's got to. He, that's fine. The power's fine, but he's got to be be able to steal bases. But he he's, can't be like, well, well but no, I, I understand. He
1: doesn't. He doesn't do it. What but happened to Brandon? Hit- he should be the guy. Fucking Barry Bonds. He, he thinks he's Barry Bonds. All he does is hit home runs now. It's crazy. Look, look at his stats. He, he he lost his mind. It's like he got his money, and he's like, you know what? I'm just going to try to hit every, a home run every time he's at bat now.
0: No, I mean, I don't think that's a strategy. I think he's still trying to – because, again, he was one of those guys that had those, like, unbelievable – at-bats where, you know, 10, 15 pitches in that bat, he'd be it'd be amazing to lead off the game like that. You know, you're killing the, the starting pitcher. And it's, it's just you get a good read of what's going on. And, yeah, he doesn't have those battles anymore. And, yeah, whether it's he's looking for those home runs purposefully, uh, I don't know. But I, it's weird because the approach is completely different between him and McNeil. and Maybe it's because of the shift. Maybe the shift has definitely screwed up McNeil. I can tell you yeah. that much right now. Offensively, it's definitely hurt McNeil. Maybe Nimo's trying to put balls in play differently because I'm, he just – he what normally would have been a hit is not I'm, because of the shift. Right.
1: I'm glad we're past the helmet excuse for McNeil. Remember the helmet excuse, how he had a different helmet on, which was affecting his like his line of sight? That, I think that was last year when he started to like kind of tail off a little bit. I'm no, I didn't remember that one. I'm, 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 I'm glad that we're that. past like, – yeah, he's wearing a different helmet now because of this, that, and the other thing. Please, that he, sounds
0: like a very bogus nonsense excuse uh, that the Mets would pull up. <laughs> of,
1: of course, it is. Back to a, back, back to Alvarez, real quick. Alvarez, I think, is the guy that the team like that the team can really build around, and that's easy to say because he's a catcher. This, that, the other thing, but I think like Alvarez in time could be more valuable than Pete Alonso. I, I am so effing high on, I'm, I'm higher on Alvarez than on Alonso, like for Met Future. Cause I just think, I mean, oh, he has some, he has that it factor that Alonso doesn't, whether it's the double eye black he has, whether he just like commands. The guy is like 21 or 22, and he's commanding the pitching staff that are like 20, there's like 15, 20 years older than him. And he just has this command of the staff. You can tell the, the team already respects him. I am. So high on Alvarez right now, man. I this is like well, I I tweet it. It's this it's Mike Piazza Vibes for me. It's Piazza Vibes Well
0: you the last time we had a really good power hitting catcher is probably Piazza. I mean Leduc was nice in like the 06, 07, 08 era or whatever it was. I don't think he was there in 08. But he was nice for a little bit, but he wasn't the same type of guy. We've been looking for a catcher for, for oh. Oh, well over a decade to yeah, be fair. Enough
1: of Ramon Castro and Rod Barajas.
0: Yeah, I mean seriously. Uh the the Schneiders of the World and Travis Darnell,
1: who's now a, you know, he goes through Atlanta, he leaves the Mets, and now Travis Darnot is like a top ten offensive catcher.
0: I know well, that's just typical of people don't crazy.
1: crazy.
0: Even though we went through that and it's not as bad as you think. Uh but but again, Alvarez is sexy right now, and of course it's wise to go. Oh, dude, you see him in big spots. Make, getting those big hits. That's the thing that's like so exciting about Francisco Alvarez is that he's had those big moments and he always seems to deliver. You can't say that about everybody else. No, I will say that Pete's had his moments in the past. This year, not as much. Right. Francisco Lindores had some moments, definitely not as much this year but there's been no moments. You think about the first half of the season, it's been, you went through June where we had seven freaking wins. I mean, there was no moments in June. You, you, you got by, you got a win. You're scratching your teeth, you're scratching your head and be like, what the hell's going on? No, July June was, was awful. And this June was awful. And that's been the whole, the whole crush of this team too, is like, even right now we're sitting there going, what are they? Six out of the last one, six, out of the last 10 or whatever it is or yeah. whatever. Um, They just can't get over the hump. Like, they could have easily swept this. I mean, obviously with Caresco on the on the mound today, maybe they couldn't have, but got got blown up. He had that 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 gave up four runs and made this game get out of hand. Right, but the, you know the Mets were in it. The Mets could have found a way to sweep the series, and you just be like, oh my goodness, this starts with a real nice winning streak, maybe five in a row,
1: and Going put into them in Atlanta a different series. place,
0: which is always crappy. But it's at the point. But the point is, it's like they can never get over the hump, and that's been the MO of the season.
1: Well, is that now? How much? And we haven't touched on this guy yet. How much of this is on Buck? Like how much of this because Buck hasn't had a good year. How much of this do you put on the manager of uh, of our <laughs> beloved team and the future of Buck for you is what?
0: Well, I mean, Buck Walter basically to me is is a dead man walking this year. He's going to get a pass. Again, it's going to be on Stearns because if Stearns wants to say goodbye to Epler and mm-hmm. Buck, I understand, and that that makes sense because Colton doesn't want to do it. Colton doesn't want to be the bad guy. Cohen's going to let this year write out how it's going to be, but if it was any other, any other GM or, or owner, Buck did enough this year to get fired. He really it, did. I um, thought, yeah, and I thought he,
1: they would fire, maybe even fire him in mid-June to kind of like, as a last salvo, to really tr- maybe try to change something. Clearly his message wasn't getting through. No, and Maybe no message would have gotten through. But I just thought as a last salvo, you fire Buck, you bring in, you know, Eric Chavez or, you know, whoever you, you bring in and just see what happens. Maybe a different voice makes this, makes this different. And I think probably that wouldn't have mattered. But when you don't fire Buck, when you win five games in four weeks or whatever the, the record was, I mean, that just shows that you're just leaving the guy there just to kind of, you know, like die on the sword.
0: The three guys I would like to see manage the Mets. And one of them is because I think Stearns is it, it, – not saying it's it's obvious, but Stearns likes like, like Craig Council, so mm-hmm. that makes sense to me. Uh-huh. Um, Marta Rosa is someone, when someone asked me when I said Bucks you get fired, they go, well, who are you going to bring in? I go, Marta Rosa. And they're like, oh, that's actually a really good idea. I'm like, I know. You know, saw so how we handled the the American League, uh, not the American League, but the uh, USA team and the World Baseball Classic. Sure. So that's to me someone that I, I think could really handle this roster well and is, you know, not too old at all. He's still young, but he's not that young. He But he's still got, I think he got respect to the players. Um, and the other guy, I don't know why I like him so much. And obviously right now he's, he's a coach of a team. So he's not, you know, leaving anytime soon. I don't think, but Gabe Kapler, I think would be an amazing manager for the New York Mets. Someone that a little fiery, someone that I think has the support of the players will back the players up, but be a fiery enough man to come in and like, you know, I'm not saying that he did wonders with Philadelphia, but that was also, also his first gig. But what he's done with the Giants with a team that you know they're still underperforming mm-hmm. but they were supposed to be terrible the past two years and he's done enough to like kind of keep them interesting
1: no he's done a good job i think that's the interesting part i i think the name I o the name i always go back to i i really do wonder if they give carlos beltran a shot I, I i i think that's like an and i don't think that's like an easy like thing but i do wonder if they and uh, because Core got back with the Red Sox, they're like, you know what, Beltran was the guy we really thought was there, and he left. Yes, he's now working in the med front office. So it's kind of it would kind of make sense for me if they just give the reins to him specifically in after this season. Because maybe 2024, the Mets aren't going to do, like, not going to have those big, grandiose expectations. And maybe it's a good landing spot for Beltran to start managing the team. So he has a year with a somewhat garbage team ish, expectations low, 25 hits when the expectations ramp up again. Maybe that's when he really starts to kick in and become a manager. The only thing I can say is this,
0: and we'll leave it, out this, uh, leave it on this note. Carlos Beltran. You know, obviously his tenure here as a as a player was up and down. And we said, like, you know, arguably right now, it's best free agent signing the Mets have ever had. But people there. don't like him, don't respect him because wasn't able to to give him a ring, only made the playoffs once, again, not all his own fault. And then had injuries, you know, kind of kill his career or kill his kill him his career is met. But go he's too passive, in my opinion. To take over as a Mets manager, because you have Buck Walter, who's basically that that players' coach right now. He's defending. Look, you think about last year, what went well? He went and told the door, "Just be you. Just do what you have to do. I'll take care of everything else." And he's done that for the past two years. He's basically sugarcoated everything. He's taken all the hits, but it's getting it's getting worn down. And you need someone with a little bit more fire, and it's it's not good to go from one passive manager to another passive manager. It, it just it shows it's it's it over over history. It shows that It's just not the greatest greatest plan. So you need to have someone with a little bit more fire. And I'm not saying that Council is going to be that guy, uh, that the Rose is going to be that guy, but I don't think Beltran is going to be that guy. That's for sure.
1: Yeah, no, and I think that makes sense because, and you're a Ranger fan, when the Rangers went from Tortorella to Alain Vigneault, totally opposite, you go from the fiery Tortorella to the laid-back Vigneault and you see if that kind of makes sense. So I totally get what you're saying in that regard. I just think that, I just think it's it's interesting they brought him back into the fold this season. Like mid-season they brought him back into the fold. I'm like, okay, that's interesting. I wonder why. Like, I wonder, do they move Buck to the front office and like, Hey Carlos, like this is you've paid your penance, you've paid your penalty. Like, let's get in the dugout and let's prove to me what you were what we thought you would be, like two or three years ago.
0: Well, not for nothing, but we talked about, you know, Justin Verlander had that 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 statement after everything came out about the locker room and whatnot. And Verlander came out and said I was trying to be constructive, you know, supposed to be constructive criticism about like the analytical program, mm-hmm. but it's just not up to par with the Mets. And maybe you bring in guys who were in other organizations that were really good. They, they understood what good analytics were. Carlos Beltran came from the Houston Astros. Verlander came from the Astros. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe that's their strategy. Not saying that they're going to go, like, hey, let's just keep on pulling the guys from the Astros, but pull guys from other organizations of success to see what you could do yes. better here. Because that's not the thing. I will say this much. And I will defend uh Cohen and Epler in this in this area. The will ponds were so bad, and Cohen made a point saying they put they were we were so far behind. I'm trying to move I'm trying to move things up. There's only so much he could do. He's putting the money into the minor leagues. He basically bought all those minor leaguers through trades. He's trying to get the entire organization up to speed, but it's gonna take a few more years yeah. to fully get there.
1: Right. Oh No, of course. And again, this is a guy who's legit spent like 50 or $60 million to buy three or four minor league players, who, as we spoke about, might not amount to crap. But he's like, you know what? This is what I have to do to try to advance my franchise. Like this is a long-term vision he has, which is a refreshing take. And I just wonder if that long-term vision, obviously it's not going to include Buck as a manager for the next three or four years. Does it include Carlos Beltran? I think that's a I, that's one thing would be like in the back of my head as we wrap up the last six weeks of the season and we move into next season because I don't know I I, th- I don't know if Buck's going to be back next season. Mm-hmm. No, I mean I'm I'm
0: if I have my money on it, I think that it's going to be on Stearns. It's not going to be co- it's not going to be a Cohen thing. It'll happen after they that. hire Stearns, and if he chooses to move on. Then uh, I, I that that would be a I would say that's that's a, a good option that he won't be coming back especially after this year. Uh listen, Paul Rosenberg, thank you very much for subbing in. I appreciate this. My pleasure, uh, it was joining a us on the. I know you're so desperate to get on, but you know it, there's a time and place for everything, my friend.
1: I had to wait until Evan got hand, foot, and mouth disease, but I yes. made my I made my, <laughs> my debut on the recall.
0: There you go. I appreciate it. Listen, we will return with Evan, hopefully, as long as he's healthy. Uh, Wednesday, when I return from Disney, Wednesday night, I should be home, and we should be able to do this. And well, maybe Rosenberg will join us again. Who knows? How many pineapple uh, whips dole whips did you get? Pineapple dole whips. What are those things?
1: The fi- the frozen pineapple yogurt that you get from Disney? It's the frozen pineapple-like yogurt, which I actually have at City Field. It's the best food item they have at City Field. The-
0: no. Is no, I just got, tr- I just got drunk. I okay. was I was thinking about alcoholic beverages. Okay. I got let's see, I tried basically every single old fashioned um, possible.
1: You did the Epcot, thing. This, the beers are the thing at the we Epcot.
0: To, I went to well, yeah, I did a bunch of beers. Do we were at Epcot today, all day today, and I just drank every beer. Uh, first of all, we started with a, um, what do we start with? A uh, margarita, a double margarita, uh Diablo. And then I just went from like after that I just started drinking a ton of beer. Uh and I just couldn't go Muzzle back to liquor off. at that point in time. But Muzzle. the other day, the other day we did we went to Space 220, which is a trip. Uh and
1: is that you like gotta a go. Of
0: no, it's like it's like basically you travel outer space and you have dinner in outer space. It's basically okay. Star Wars, but not Star Wars, you're just in okay. outer space. And uh, yeah, it was a trip, man. It was awesome. They, they, they sold it very well.
1: Very, very I'll tell much. You that much. I'm sure they did. I'm glad you and the family had a good time. Thank you for inviting yes. me on the podcast. I appreciate it. I will hopefully have done good enough, good enough job that I get invited back when Evan is even healthy.
0: Well, probably not, but
1: uh, that'll, I'll let Evan be the judge of it. Wonderful. But uh, listen,
0: <laughs> uh, again, we'll be back on Wednesday after the Braves series. Again, let's, let's see what happens. Three games against the Braves. Imagine they win all three. I mean that would just be maybe there's something special brewing in uh, in Queens. You don't
1: imagine, that. don't imagine, that. <laughs> don't imagine. That.
0: All right. Uh, listen again. Thank you for listening. You can check Paul. Out. What's your what's your uh, handle? What's your social media that would handle? Be
1: at Paul's Randomness on Twitter. At Paul's Randomness on
0: Twitter. And you can always follow me at HoffWFAN Wfan and follow Evan Roberts at his uh, social media Evan Roberts Wfan account. Uh, and I'll be back with. Tiki, no, not Tiki, jeez, it's been a while since I said that. I'm, I'm still on vacation mode. Uh, Brandon and Sal, not this, not Monday, but Thursday, I'll be back. But for my regular gig, Monday through Friday, with uh, Brandon and Sal, Paul Rosenberg does a lot of floating around, but you'll hear him sooner than later. I am, yeah, and I think you get
1: big boys this week. I'm with Ooh. Evan and Tiki.
0: There we go. That's why Tiki was somewhere with you. There we go. Uh, I'm with Evan, uh,
1: but. Well,
0: listen, thank you very much for listening to another episode of Rico Bronya.
1: We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Rico Bronya podcast. It's amazing, isn't it? Make sure you download it now to keep it on you at all times.